It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Is your main event, Mark's Podcast, brought to you by Belly Up Unhinged Radio Network Sports. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and cat dad. I am Troy. And with me, as always, he is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He is the WCW watcher of classic wrestling and the Reggie White to my Kevin Green. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? I, I'll take the Minister of Defense. I'm good with that. <laughs> uh, I'm, I didn't follow the careers of... Reggie White and Kevin Green. I know Reggie was on the Packers at this time. Was that just his team always, or was he I think one that? So. Okay, I know this isn't a football podcast, but <laughs> I didn't know if he was one of them that kind of bounced around. Uh, I know, especially some of them, like legends, like uh, even Jerry Rice, bounced around like kind of at the tail end of his career. So yeah, so he was a Eagle and a Packer. Oh, okay, gotcha. And he had a cup of coffee with the Panthers. Well, I don't think he ever made the team. Uh, I know, obviously, Kevin Green plays for the Panthers here. Didn't they I say he did. played? Uh, uh, Kevin Green, I know he played for the Panthers here. Um, didn't they say he played for the Packers at one point, or was that Mongo? They for the, played for the Packers, the Panthers, the 49ers, and then maybe one uh, other one in there. Let me see. I know I'm missing one. Oh, the Steelers. Gotcha. Okay. Ew. Yeah. Yuck. Rams, Steelers, uh, Panthers, Niners, Panthers. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, and, you didn't hear that. <laughs> and you said uh, Reggie and Reggie and Kevin are both in the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's why I, I could have swear you told me that. So 
I, I know any dedicated football listeners or, or watchers, whatever that are listening, are going to be like, why don't you know this stuff? But I just, I'm not a football historian. Greg, that was a thing or two I'll say about <laughs> about football. Packers were one of my teams since I was a kid, you know, because like I said, there were no Raiders here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, you know, I loved uh, Reggie White. And you were a big Brett Favre fan, I know. You, oh or, God, yeah, still my all-time favorite player. <laughs> right. Yeah, you like all the quarterbacks that people hate, man. Uh, you know, Brett Favre, Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> You're just dusting them. Uh, Raider fans, for you. some reason, want Derek, Derek Carr's head. I don't know why, but, you know, I'm just, I don't I, get it. I mean, I don't 5, know. 5,000 a year isn't enough for them, I guess. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know. That's, that's weird. Uh, kind of like, as a Browns fan, I liked Baker Mayfield. I, I was not ready to jump off the bandwagon just yet but uh the team has spoken and we have deshaun watson now so which is a huge upgrade but yeah i'm not saying that you know baker had to go i saw people saying it's like after all baker did for you guys and then you toss him overboard it's like "Ah, yeah i guess but i mean if you have a chance to upgrade why wouldn't you i don't know i have more money in his next contract anyways he was not going to get a max deal so it's whatever yeah right well for everybody out there, this is not a football podcast, obviously, as I mentioned. We're talking about wrestling what? today. <laughs> There's um, a reason, but, though, by the way, for like, why are you going on a football match? Because it's a huge thing in this event. Yeah, right. There are literally three big-time football players on here. I mean, I don't know if Mongo was, you know, I don't know what kind of numbers he was putting up when he was on the field, but uh, he's got a Super Bowl ring. the greatest the, defense in history, so you got to give him that. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a Super Bowl ring, so... There you go. I that Goldberg stole. Yeah. So and, and well, and he uh, he manages to uh, you know shoehorn that oh the monsters of Midway and you know whenever he freaking can, man. <laughs> so yep. there was even I mean when they were talking I about reforming, he's more proud of his bears than Jordan is of his bulls. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> right. And Jordan's got and, like six. He's got one. <laughs> Well, and he, I, I just remember when they were talking about reforming the horsemen and he was talking, he was trying to, they were, he was cutting a promo trying to talk Arn Anderson into reforming the horsemen. And most of the promo was about his time on the freaking bears. They even had an interview with Mike Ditka. I'm like, uh, okay. I, I mean, whatever, be proud of your team and all that. I mean, Super Bowl ring is really hard to do. Nobody gives that to you, you, you know, like it. And and I'm not trying to diminish wrestling titles or anything, but you know, at the end of the day, those are awarded to you. Like uh, Oscar. Yeah, right. You uh you have to win like and be better than everybody else to get a Super Bowl ring. So, those are I mean, the percentage of people with Super Bowl rings is if you 1%. know Yeah, you look at the the entirety of people who ever played in the NFL, uh, it's it's not a big number, man. And we've got over 50 Super Bowls in the, you know, in the can at this point. So I don't know. But either way, uh, we are talking about 1997 WCW yet again. This is a follow up. If anybody hasn't listened yet, go back and listen to Spring Stampede 1997. That you was a good event. Yeah, uh, that was a good event. I think WCW put on a lot of great events this time of, or in uh, 1997. Best year ever, right here. Yeah, and WWF didn't suck during this time here uh, either. They were putting on some good stuff. Uh, we're actually going to talk about the pay-per-view they put on. We're not going to get deep into it, but we got a news story about the pay-per-view that they put on this month. So we'll talk about that. And, oh, that was uh, a banger. Yeah, somebody that actually debuted at the uh, at the show we'll talk about. 
But uh, real quick, uh, so before we get into all the news and notes, we're going to pause right quick to let you know that the main event, Marks, is sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They're clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great-tasting vitamins, and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to SwiftLifestyles.com and use our special promo code, Main Event Marks. That is all one word to get 15% off your order. It's Main Event Marks, all one word for 15% off your order. But now that we're done with all that, we're going to take our first break of the podcast. When we come back on the other side, we're diving into the news and notes right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's Main Event Marks redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hello everyone, my name is Ryan McCarthy and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also, check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. 
Just to let you know, the main event marks is sponsored by Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks. It gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form to mix into your water. You can either choose the green apple or watermelon boxes. If you want to try both, you can get the sample kit. Use our link in the podcast description or simply go to shockedenergy.com. At checkout, use our promo code main event. That's all one word to save 10% off your order. That's promo code main event to save 10% at checkout. News and notes time. Uh, by the way, last week was double main event week. I hope you all tuned in for that. We dropped uh, two uh, two shows that I thought were well, one of them was good. I always try to do that. If we have one that's like, eh, I try to squeeze it in on a uh, double main event week. So the either the bonus show or the uh, regular show are uh, uh, not great. And the other one is, is pretty good. Yeah, and you would think that our numbers reflect that, but you people eat, you save you up. Right. And so thank you. Yeah, and I've thought about toasting the bonus show a couple of times. But honestly, some of our bonus shows are our most listened to episodes. So, hey, as long as you guys keep checking them out we'll uh, we'll keep pumping them out uh we did sacrifice 2007 from tna last week which was a really good show and we did saturday night's main event one from 1985 that one was not such a great show but we've got almost an entire hour of news okay but you're you're also talking about the, the show itself right because i think we made a really good podcast show Oh, yeah, I think the podcast uh, turned out great because we got, like I said, we got almost an hour of news. The event itself is only four matches. It's not very long, uh, which is why we made it a bonus. And plus, it wasn't a regular, it, you know, it was a it was a special event for the WWF at the time, right after WrestleMania one. And uh, the news, we travel all around the territories, all around the world. Some some good stories in there, I thought, uh, really made the podcast. So please go check that out if you have not already. And, uh, you know, check out our link tree, linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. All the links are on there. But diving into the news and notes, y'all, from... Hang on, let me get ready. Let me get ready. Dive in head first. Good Lord. Uh, Well, you know, it's five o'clock somewhere, man. And if you're listening (laughs) to this after five o'clock, well, then uh, you win the pony, I guess. (laughs) But here we go. In August... WWF's uh, Monday Night Raw is expected to change time slots, moving up an hour later from 9 to uh, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern. The uh, decision was made by the USA Network because they're shuffling around time slots of a lot of the network's TV shows. The later time slot should allow the WWF to be a little bit more risque than they have yeah. been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, although word Stop is that. it. Although word is that WWF didn't have any say in the decision and didn't really want to make the change. Mm, I'm sure Russo was perfectly fine with the change. Bro. <laughs> He's like sex and bro. violence, bro. Yeah, bro. Uh, bro. More nudity, bro. <laughs> like, bro nobody uh, wants to see men in tights, bro. They want to see women naked, bro. Yeah, right. Bro, nobody cares about wrestling. They care about my scripted entertainment, bro. No one could ever accuse that man of not being heterosexual or <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, they can accuse him of being, you know, having an arrested development. But, you know, that's uh, <laughs> beside the point. <sighs> yeah, so this did happen uh, when I started watching Raw. Actually, it was in the 9 to 11 slot. So and at the time I was fairly young. So I got to watch the first hour live before I went to bed. And then I 
for all of you out there that don't remember, we videotaped it so that when I got home from school the next day, I watched the second hour of Raw. What the hell does that mean? Yeah, right. Uh, everybody look up VHS, and uh, it's not the movie. So what is this weird contraption? Is this like the work of the devil? I was driving through my neighborhood yesterday, and there they had um, yard sales, and somebody was actually selling a, a, a VCR. Right. I was... I was like, it. wow. Yeah, I was like, what? They're selling fossils here. I don't know if you, re- I don't know if you know this, but the major pod is actually bringing VHS back, dude. <laughs> wow, they really, really are. They they Who sell their events on VHS and stuff like that. And, I yeah, forgot about crazy. that. Yeah, uh, the WWF's latest in your house pay per view called Cold Day in Hell is in the books, and the biggest question was how Ken Shamrock would do in his in ring debut. The answer turned out to be pretty good. He and Vader had a stiff, nearly UWF-style worked shoot match, and Shamrock oh, showed a shoot, bro. <laughs> Sorry. Bro, punch him in the face, bro. Do it for real. Uh, and Shamrock showed a lot of potential as a wrestler. Uncle Dave Meltzer basically says that the WWF has a great feud on top with Steve Austin versus the Hart Foundation, but it's getting overexposed, and they have pretty much nothing else interesting going on. The WWF oh, ro- the WWF roster depth is lacking. Mm, hell out of sure. here. Uh, in '97, I, I think the hell roster, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Uh, the one thing All they the were lacking, foundation, basically everything from the main event of July to '97's uh, pay per view. Yeah, you know? I th- they yeah the Undertaker, S- the Nation of Domination. They still had <sighs> Sid here, I believe. Uh, what were you watching, you idiot? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's uh. Well, and then you, you now in the archives, we reviewed in your house uh, Canadian Stampede uh, last year, and yeah, that's what I was talking about. That one right there alone should tell you the depth of their damn roster. Right, Vader <sighs> Patriot. I mean, you can argue that they weren't main eventers, but I'm I'm not necessarily talking about main eventers. He's talking about depth of uh, the roster. So I, I don't know. Shawn Michaels still there? Uh, Triple H was it SmackDown 2002 2003? No, but it was damn right. good. Yeah, I. I don't know. I don't know. That's speaking of <laughs> uh, speaking of who I was just mentioning, the Patriot is expected to start uh, to be starting with the WWF in June or July, likely under a different name. Nope. It would oh, be go, fig- go go figure. He got that one wrong. Uh, are you sure it was August? Because he was at. I thought Canadian Stampede was October. Was yeah, during the summer. Was, he wasn't at Canadian Stampede though. I uh, I thought he was. What the. Oh, then what was the show? Was it Survivor Series? And am I thinking of? Probably he was in a multi-man match there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of then. He debuts right after SummerSlam, and he's Bret Hart's opponent for uh, Ground Zero, because you know yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, the the Patriot versus or, you know the American Patriot versus the Canadian Patriot. So there you go. Moving on overseas here, but still keeping with the WWF. This story blew me away. Uh, oh, good lord! Let me get ready for this one. <laughs> Atsushi Onita has been telling people that his recent meeting with Vince McMahon saying that uh, a couple of FMW wrestlers will be wrestling in the WWF soon. Onita also says that he's been trying to put together one of his usual exploding ring matches to air on a WWF (sighs) pay-per-view. Meanwhile, FMW will be helping the WWF promote a tour in Japan later this year, and there are discussions of doing a big, uh, a big interpromotional show with WWF, FMW, ECW, Mishinoku Pro, and Pancrase. Can you even imagine? I don't want to. 
yeah. As soon as you said FMW, I was checked out. And then ECW on top of that. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, WWF isn't going to work with Pancrase, first of all, because they are a work shoot place. I know Shamrock is from there, but they don't do that style. They were never going to do that style. So I, I don't know. And then <laughs> Onita actually thought they were going to let him do an exploding ring match in the WWF. Yep. Like they, were, they were risque, not stupid. <laughs> just, God dang, dude. <sighs> that guy really was like effed up in the head, wasn't he? A tad. <laughs> yeah. Maybe too many bombs exploded in his face. I don't know. This one, uh, going down south here, Jake Roberts no-showed two dates in AAA. Hold uh, on, man. I, I can't believe that. Yeah, I know. Knock me over with a feather. Well, Jake obviously has a pretty bad track record these days, but AAA is such a disorganized mess that it's also not uncommon for guys not to even know when they are booked, so things like this happen. Anyway, Jake was scheduled to team with the fake Razor and fake Diesel, who, for whatever reason, are still working in AAA using those gimmicks. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I mean, when, you're, when you have something very successful, you hold on to it. <laughs> right. He probably saw that booking and was like, ah, nah. Look, uh, weird things get over in, in Mexico, but, like, did fake Razor and fake Diesel really get over down there? Like, for God's sake. I can't imagine. I feel we say the same thing about Japan at times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Different. Weird things get over in weird areas. I, I don't know. Like, some of it makes sense because you look at some stuff that gets over here in America and you're like, holy crap, that's stupid. And it's like, well, I guess I can't really judge, you know, such and such getting over in Mexico. Then <laughs> uh, There's enough here, so <clears throat> I guess I can I guess I can do it. I, I haven't done it in a few weeks, so bring it back. This week in ECW. Sorry, that's what I think of it. <laughs> what the F? <laughs> that's, a, that's perfect <laughs> coming out of it. God. Uh, they did an angle at the most recent ECW show where Rob Van Dam and Paul Heyman argued, which is to set up a deal where RVD is expected to appear on Raw this week. This would and continue. This would continue playing up his gimmick of wanting to leave ECW to work Monday nights for one of the big companies. Speaking of which, Rob Van Dam debuted on Raw doing a squash match against a jobber named Jeff Hardy. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, that jobber just, you know, had a match against Darby Allen. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, is that is that a good thing? I, I don't know how you're putting that over. <laughs> uh, I, I Oh, that jobber just wrestled the great Darby Allen. That's what came off to me. What the hell? Well, if he's a jobber, there he is. I mean, it should have been relegated to dark. I don't know about you, but uh, but RVD also cut a promo before the match, running down ECW and calling himself Mr. Monday Night. Yeah, he, uh, yeah he, Mr. Monday Night, Mr. Thursday Night, Mr. Friday Night. He was Mr. Tuesday Night for a minute. He was Mr. Pay-Per-View. You remember that? Ooh. I like how John Morrison kind of took that gimmick and ran with it for a while because he was the Monday Night Delight. I think he, at first he was a Tuesday night delight because he was on ECW. Yep. Uh, but lest we yeah. forget that. Oh come on, man! That was <laughs> I don't know. Shut I, up! I, I, I remember don't know what you were going to say. Just shut up. <laughs> anyway, uh, there are lots of conflicting stories on the future of Stevie Richards. Oh well. <laughs> oh man! 
yeah, we need, we all need to remember, <laughs> you know, where he is and what he's doing. Oh, shit. I just I, the story is conflicting on Stevie Richards. Yeah, I know. Oh, I'm, good I'm, Lord, I'm, please sign. I got to know. Sign me up for the news on this one. Yeah, I, I mean, here's the time when I signed up for the Wrestling Observer because I was like, I need to know what's going on with Stevie Richards. That's Dan anyway. Stevie Richards. Well, he split from the BWO at a recent show, and word is that he's still negotiating a contract with ECW. Supposedly, he has at least signed a letter of intent to stay and negotiate. There's no word on if he has any other offers. Several other ECW wrestlers have received offers from WCW, but all are pretty much locked with uh, locked into ECW contracts. Let's see here. 1987, who would leave? Steve Richards, Raven, <laughs> uh, uh, What's it, Saturn? Was it 97? I think, nine, when I think nine one, Yeah, I think they debuted in September. Oh, okay. I think um, 911 left too? Yeah, uh, I actually have a story about him coming up. Yeah, so we got yeah, a lot of these guys are locked in. Huh? You know, those letters oh. in tense, they mean well, something. Lest you, you know, <laughs> lest you lose uh, and forget about uh, 911. You know, he was, <laughs> man, he was going to break through, man, and be their top guy. You joked, but apparently he was one of them. Yeah, he was over with the crowd, yeah, but just like, and it's because he literally came out yeah, and well, did a choke slam. over with that crowd, so what's your point? Yeah, well, like, a lot of people pointed out, it's like, Paul knew how to use him. He came out and did one move and left. That was the end of it. That's all you needed. If he would have done more than two, that. It was a choke slam on the most part, but sometimes he picked the dude up and just threw him out in the crowd. Oh, and just, yeah. you know. As long as you don't <laughs> F that up, you're over, pal. He didn't even have to say a word. Oh, gosh. Uh, the original Goldberg, when you think about it. Oh, wasn't he Paul Heyman's security, though? So he's kind of the, the original three. I don't know that he was. I don't think he was Paul Heyman's security. I think he was somebody's, though. Pretty sure he was Paul Heyman's security because Paul would call him out sometimes. Like if well, somebody I mean, was attacking I didn't him. Watch CW, like, yeah. So, I mean, I'll take your word for it. How dare you? I, I was busy wiping my ass. I'm sorry. <laughs> Good lord. Well, you know who wasn't busy wiping their ass is uh, (laughs) one of the bushwhackers. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. He probably wiped his ass. He just didn't wash his hands after. (laughs) A lot more cleaner if he didn't wipe it. (laughs) He wiped his ass with with his with his bare freaking hand and then just walked out. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. By the way. (laughs) Oh gosh, I'm going to hell anyway. I just love that I had I went over and told you, hey, if you're thinking about going to meet Butch, don't. He was like, yeah, that's what I was doing. I was going to make a beeline over to Butch. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I really needed to, you know, Demolition, Lex Luger, Christian, what, you know, Goldberg, whatever. Yeah, I, I want to get the autograph of the Bushwhackers. <laughs> They're the ones, uh, man. Good Lord. Anyway, uh, WJAR News in Providence, Rhode Island, ran a really negative two-part story on ECW, mostly dealing with the mass transit incident. The story hinted that a lawsuit is expected to be filed against ECW and included clips of the incident itself. I I love, by the way, how it's the mass transit incident, and it has nothing to do with a bus or a train or anything. Right. You have to know (laughs) that this kid went by the name. Yeah, it's... (laughs) I remember for years I kept hearing the mass transit. I'm like, it's because I know they were based in New York or Philly, but New York too. But something happened on the train over there. Why? I... Good lord, yeah. It uh, 
there are other mass transit incidents that go on every day now but yeah no right <laughs> that um man there, there was really no positive news to come out of I, if this i stand by this if this would have happened today this company would have been dead in like weeks wow I mean, you still give me too much credit <laughs> I probably am, but they, they there's no way a company, a wrestling company could survive something like that today. No freaking way. I, uh, anyway, getting into the uh, WCW stuff here. After the longest absence of his career, Ric Flair returned to the ring at Slamboree, eight, or will return to the ring at Slamboree, uh, eight months after surgery on a torn rotator cuff. Flair teamed with, or will team with, uh, Piper, Roddy Piper, that is. God dang it, pronouns, pal. And uh, Kevin Green against Scott Hall, Kevin Ash, and Six in a match that was, will be more interesting for all of the behind-the-scenes drama in recent weeks than the match itself. Flair and Piper. Well, not to spoil anything, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Flair and Piper didn't want Six in the match, and it eventually led to a bunch of quasi-shoot comments from both sides during TV promos. And as we pointed out on the last show that we did, I think, or the last WCW show we did, I think. Um, it was like people were standing around going, what the hell are they saying? Because most people, especially during this time, did not pay attention to the dirt sheets. So if you don't know what the hell is going on behind the scenes, you were confused as hell by most of the stuff being said in like Flair and Piper's promos. <sighs> I don't know. Like, and, and even Dave pointed out, he's like, they're broadcasting to millions of people and they're cutting promos for two people, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. So the rest of the crowd is like, what are they talking about? Yep. That's some ECW-style crap there, man. Not to take it back to that, but... ECW. Uh, WCW supposedly asked Kevin Green to turn heel and turn on Flair and Piper and turn on Flair and Piper in their Slamboree match at Charlotte, but he turned it down since he's pretty beloved in Charlotte, (laughs) I'd say. They're not going to boo Kevin Green, dude. Like, it's not going to happen. Just goes to show you they want everybody in the NWO. Yeah. Yeah, well, we got Kevin Green in the NWO. It's like, shut up. You're going to get the Rod- Dennis Rodman in there soon enough. Or is he? You know, with all due respect, is a bigger star than Kevin Green. Right. Like yeah. not, but he is. Everybody watched the Bulls back in the 90s. Like, not as many people cared about the Carolina Panthers. All right. <sighs> Anyway, uh, Eric Bischoff had a meeting with all the wrestlers before Nitro and announced that Kevin Sullivan is taking a four to eight week hiatus as Booker due to burnout and other personal issues. Bischoff insisted that it was just a break and that Sullivan isn't being replaced as Booker. uh, Sullivan recently cut a promo on a uh, Saturday night show talking about having a shoot fight with Benoit, uh, Chris Benoit in a bar that happened back in January in New Orleans. And the general public that doesn't read newsletters obviously had no clue what Sullivan was talking about. (laughs) Here we go again, man. Uh, He also talked about how Nancy is still family to him. Overall, it was just sort of weird. In the meantime, Bischoff... Um, Who calls their wife or ever family? It just sounds weird to me. Uh, Well, ex-wife. Yeah, that's a little odd. I don't know. Uh, And... (laughs) It's like that if you had kids with the person, like you still have something like tying you to them, I guess. But yeah, it's like this. You got a clean break, man. Like there were no kids, nothing. It's like, all right, see you later. Next. <laughs> but in the meantime, uh, Bischoff, J.J. Dillon and Terry Taylor will be doing the booking. 
During the meeting, Bischoff also talked about how the stories of backstage dissension uh, coming out in the dirt sheets was hurting the company. To which, you know, Uncle Dave vehemently, vehemently disagrees. He says, well, it's not that the leaks are happening. It's the fact that you're letting this happen. And That's the cock stupid. himself was on the booking committee right now, you said. Yeah, right. The cock of the walk. Mr. Uh, Terrence Taylor himself. Terrific. The Taylor. Terrence Taylor. The tailor-made man. The fact that there are quite a few names for this fool and we're not making these up is pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> this one I had no idea about. You probably didn't pay enough attention to this stuff either, but it's like, wow. Akira Hokuto uh, won the WCW women's title at Starcade a few months ago. But after I Hokuto, saw <laughs> but after Hokuto left the uh, country recently, WCW did a phantom angle where they announced Medusa was the champion. Problem is, no one told Medusa and when she showed up at Nitro last week and they were talking about her being champion. She had no clue what they were talking about. Also, what for Hok- the hell? <laughs> right. Also for Hokuto, when the reports in Japan asked her, uh, reporters rather in Japan asked her about losing the title, she also didn't know because no one told her either. <sighs> there's a there's a similar story going on as we speak, by the way. With, but go ahead, I'll tell you after. Someone just posted oh. it in the pod group I'm in, and I was like, "What?" Wow. Yeah, that's <laughs> like good grief. The least you could do is tell them that this was happening. And we'll actually talk. There, there's a follow-up to that in the women's match we got on the show, but I'll, I'll cover that at the time. Uh, at the latest WCW tapings, a new guy named Bill oh, Goldberg who, debuted. Stop real quick. Did you hear about the thing with Karashita? Uh, I heard something's <laughs> going on with her. But I, and and so so on, <laughs> on no, she's injured. They announced, they announced she's injured on Dynamite. She's out of the Owen Hart tournament. Uh-huh. Okay. And then she immediately goes on Twitter and says, wait, I'm injured? I just wrestled four matches in a row here in Japan. I didn't know I was injured. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Good lord. No what the hell? <laughs> what was the point of that? I don't know. I didn't read. I don't read that crap. I just, like, someone posted. I'm like, wait, is this real? Like, yeah, apparently she, she had state the screenshot. They showed the screenshot of Twitter of her saying that. She, I'm not her. I just wrestled a bunch of matches and all this stuff. <laughs> Why? I'm not going to say she's their biggest women's star. She's not. But like she's one of their top female performers. She held the title for like ever. Why are you going to mess around with her? Like, I just, I just laugh, though, like they say it on TV and like, oh, maybe should, we should probably tell her. No. Yeah. Okay. It's like maybe play along. <laughs> if you want somebody to play along, maybe tell them. Yeah, but Tony Khan's adamant though he's not like WCW, and here you go yeah. in the pudding right there. There you go. <sighs> Good grief! And that also is a danger of letting your talent wrestle in other com- companies while you're trying to get stuff over in your company. It's just it's effing dumb. <sighs> anyway, uh, at the latest WCW tapings, a new guy named Bill Goldberg debuted. He's a former football player and showed a lot of potential, considering it was his first match. Oh, that's going to go. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, he's not going to go anywhere. You know, With a name like Bill Goldberg? Good Lord. <laughs> uh, I just he, He's uh, going to come out next week as the Hebrew Hammer. Good Lord. <laughs> uh, I also want to point but, out how they, lo- they shortened his name to just Goldberg. And, right. You know, it's kind of like what goes on in WWE today. Oh, well. He said, "I get it first." 
Well, he said that his name originally was going to be like the hybrid or something. Yeah. And then they didn't want to use that. Something they're like, what do we call him? They're at ah, just Goldberg. And they're like, ah, that's not going to get over. Like, yeah. What name? Like, what do you seal? <laughs> what the hell? Or Madonna? You don't remember that on Super Bad? It was just that <laughs> one name. Just is McLovin. What name? What do you seal? <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> I always think of uh, <laughs> you remember the the Inspector Gadget movie with uh, with Matthew Broderick. I don't know yeah. if you ever watched it. Uh, uh, the guy who played Claw, he's like just Claw, one name like Madonna. Great, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good grief! But yeah, I, I don't know how they can say, "Well, he showed a lot of potential, dude." He did like two moves. That's well, like, yeah, that's all he needed. Right. Yeah, well, I'm not saying that's bad. It's just like, how can you say he showed a lot of potential? That's like people crapping their pants when, you know, Hook's first match, he came out and did like three or four moves, pinned the guy in one. It's like, uh, you didn't see anything. <sighs> I don't I like know. I like to see stuff. Good Lord. You like to watch. I do. Uh, which is now a shirt over at our Redbubble store, by the way. Go check it out. I think it's also on our uh, uh, our bonfire store as well. So you, know, you can see all those links in our link tree. Uh, cheap plug. This is what I was referring to earlier, by the way. It's funny that you brought this guy's name up. WCW jobber Big Al, formerly 911 in, w- in ECW, uh, is upset and has been complaining about doing nothing but jobs since its arrival in WCW because he was a crowd favorite in ECW. Oh, well then. Wow, that crowd. Well, uh, 911, they probably saw you wrestle. So that's why you're jobbing. Probably established never wrestled. Right, he sucked. So, yeah, that's probably why you're doing jobs, bro. You're a big dude. So, it kind of means something when somebody can pin you. I just, yeah, he wasn't good. He was never good. I, I don't know. No, I, you say this, and yet they picked him up. Yeah. Worth noting. They probably picked him up at pennies on the dollar, uh, I would assume. I mean, I obviously, I don't have any inside knowledge. I don't know, but... Uh, I'm assuming they probably picked him up for, you know, cheaper than anybody else. And well, no, they you you gave pennies on the dollar. They probably gave him nickels on the dollar. No, don't. Oh, well, that's don't that, undercut him. That's that that is true. But either way, yeah, and they probably saw well, he's a big dude and he can do the job for, you know, some people that were building up. Like why not? As long as he can take bumps. Uh, this one, I don't know if you ever watched this one, but Hulk Hogan will be starring in a TV movie for TNT called Assault on Devil's Island. I did watch that. I don't remember oh. who was good or not. Don't do not ask. Okay. It also stars Carl Weathers and Shannon Tweed, and it's expected to air in October. Yeah, former Raider. Carl Weathers, really? Yep. Mm-hmm. I had wow, I had no idea he was a football player. He's still acting to this day, and he still looks pretty damn good. By the way, he doesn't age, man, not much. Yeah, right. I mean, obviously, he's not in the uh, you know shape he was during you know like Predator and stuff like that. But yeah, he's uh, facially. Yeah, no. He was in Rocky, and you picked Predator first. Okay. Oh well. Okay. Well, they had that that famous. It's become a, a meme now. That handshake with him and Arnold, where it's just like the manliest handshake in in the history of handshakes. <laughs> I like the I like the meme where they show him where he walks. And he's like, "You son of a bitch," and they shake hands, and then you see like a nuclear bomb exploding. <laughs> Uh, last story I got here. Kurt Hennig is expected to start with WCW in June. Uh, was it June? Uh, maybe. I timelines. 
It's the same night Raven debuts. I just don't remember what day, what month. It was. Oh yeah, <clears throat> that's right. Because because they're here. all building up the big free agent, and Raven shows up, but then Henny goes out the way in. Like, wait, who's the <laughs> who's the free agent guy? I'm like, uh, both, yeah. I guess. <laughs> who's the big acquisition? Um, the guy who most people know. <laughs> Not the yes, dude, Johnny Polo. <laughs> Not the dude dressed like the lead singer from Alice in Chains, sitting in the front row. Allison changed if he went on a bender and lost all his money. Yeah. Good lord. Uh, well, yeah, he's still... because Raven's a legit brilliant man. So he, he just is. does this for fun. <laughs> There's still some legal issues to work out with the WWF contract, and WWF is alleging contract tampering on WCW's part. WWF also claims that Hennig is still under contract, which should have expired by now because a few months ago Hennig no showed a pay per view, and the WWF suspended him for it. Their claim is... Which pay-per-view was this? Say what? Which pay-per-view was this? Uh, I don't know. It was the... What was the one that he um, broke away from Helmsley at? Or, or no, I'm sorry. He, he'd been away from Helmsley for a while. Uh, crap. Because there was one... I do likes. know at Buried Alive, he was like on Mark Merrill's team, and the next night he turned on him and helped Helmsley win. Mm. Uh but that yeah. was in October of 96, so. Yeah, and I I forget. We had reviewed one show where he was, uh, him and Helmsley were feuding, and he kept, his whole thing was he would come out and steal Helmsley's valets. Yeah, that night. was third live. Yeah, okay. Yeah. After, yeah, I don't know. Then the next night he joined it. It was all set up. Weird. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, spur, bro. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, apparently that was, he no-showed some pay-per-view a few months ago, so I, yeah, I don't know. Their claim is that, due to his suspension, his contract was frozen until he returns from suspension. Ah, that's kind of effed up. And Not uh, really. If you, I if mean, you're not. So you're yeah, thinking I mean, he should get paid for being suspended? Or well, if, it should last? If he, was, if he was getting paid, yeah. Uh, then, you don't get paid for being suspended, dude. Yeah, well, that's why I'm wondering. I mean, like, what was what was the what was the whole thing here? Like, what I don't know. According to Bischoff, he said that there was nothing illegal about anything. Obviously not, because they, you know, he debuted right on schedule and everything. But he said he never would have talked to him if you know because legal was up his butt at the time. So he said he he wouldn't have even had a meeting with him if there was even like a sniff of anything that they could get called out for. So and and he did say he met with. Um, Kurt and Larry, as he said, uh, Larry was real supportive of Kurt, and he also liked to fill stuff out for him. That sounds so fake. I had a, had a meeting with Kurt and Larry. <laughs> <laughs> like the whitest names of all time. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, and, and that was kind of a mark out moment for Bischoff because he grew up a Larry the Axe fan, you know, watching AWA and all that. So. Either way, uh, that is the end of the news and notes. We're going to take our next break. When we come back, we're diving into Slamboree 1997 right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. This message is brought to you by Belly Up Sports. No, just kidding. This is not an NWO promo. This is just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, the host of Here in Puckburg on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I have a hockey podcast where we talk about hockey fandom 
and the love of the game and where that leads you in this, this game we call life. Why am I on Main Event Marks telling you about this? Well, what if I told you I had one half of the world's greatest tag team, otherwise known as the Main Event Marks, the one and only Greg, Superfly Greg. He was on, and he was talking about his love of the game. So you might want to come over and check that episode out. And if you like what you hear, you can check out the rest of our incredible episodes with our incredible hockey community from PHF athletes, ESPN personalities, fathers of NHL players, and a whole lot more. Come by, follow the show, give a like, give a subscribe, and it'd be great to have you here in Puckburg. But enough about me. Let's get back to what you're really here for, the main event marks, because they are the cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. It's WCW Slam Maury 1997. Took place May 18th, 1997. The tagline, the tradition continues. The venue was the oh, independence. Oh yeah, because it was a great tradition. This paper usually sucked, so... <laughs> Wasn't this the one where they had the Legends in 95? Uh, yeah, they did a couple times. It was called Slamboria Legends Reunion. Yeah, that's right. Because I remember in 95, they had uh, Wong McDaniel versus um, Dick uh, Murdoch. And he, like, they turned it to like black and white during the match. That's kind of weird. Uh, the venue was the Independence Arena in Charlotte, North Carolina. The attendance was 9,643. That's actually kind of low for... 97 WCW. Uh, the yeah. pay-per-view, pay-per-view buy rate was 0. 0.60, uh, which amounted to 220,000 buys. I'm assuming they that the attendance was probably low because, I mean, they still had big marquee matches to make up for it, but, like, the world title wasn't on the line. Hogan wasn't there, you know. Yeah. Let's uh, not forget, though. It's one of their throwaway pay-per-views, in my opinion, too. So. Yeah, and there weren't any, like... Big, there weren't any matches with big implications. Yeah, there were some titles on the line, but nothing. I that mean, was a like, six oh, man, man. Main, a six man tag main event never going to sell pay per views. Like, maybe just did it with backlash. It was great. Don't get me wrong, but you know, it was nothing on the line. So, yeah, I I figured they probably thought that the attraction of having, um, uh, you know, like 
big football players there were, you know, that, that was going to draw them in. But I have no knocked. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it really paid off as well for him. But either way, uh, I did show... watch this one live. <clears throat> I didn't buy it, but it wasn't <laughs> at my house either. It wasn't me. Wow. But, uh, well, even though I said this was kind of a lower crowd for them, it was a legit sellout. So apparently it just wasn't like a humongous was venue. It? Uh, it was the Independence Arena in Charlotte. Uh, but either way, uh, it was their largest North eight. Carolina! Uh, it was a uh, sellout crowd in the second largest gate in Charlotte wrestling history. Wow. I thought they would have drawn more. But merch sales... behind Starcade or something? Uh, probably. Yeah, I think. I think so. And I think uh, that that record stood until WWF shattered it with uh, um, Unforgiven. Unforgiven. Yeah, that was it. But merch sales for the show were also one of the highest in WCW history. After we go to commentary, we go right into the show. I I wonder if those were all NWO shirts. (laughs) Yeah, I I wonder. Was Sting? Sting was doing the Crow stuff at this time, right? He was. I couldn't even begin to tell you if he had merch. Yeah, I, I mean, saying, I assume yeah. he did, but yeah, I don't know if he did at this point or not, but you never know. Either way, uh, the first match is Ultimo Dragon defending the World Television title against Lord Steven Regal. Ultimo Dragon has Sonny Ono in his corner, and this one went about 16 minutes. I wonder if Sonny Ono kept all those selfies that he'd take on the ramp. <laughs> <laughs> I assume he to my did. Knowledge, by the way, he admitted the selfie, so yeah, right. I mean, yeah, I've never seen it before then. Right. He needs royalties, man. Uh, and according to Eric Bischoff, he said uh, Sonny saved a lot of pictures because he said one one day he was digging through old stuff and he just sent him a picture of like Eric Bischoff and a gi at one of his karate tournaments or whatever. Yeah, he, I heard that. <laughs> yeah. He was like, holy crap, Sonny saved all this. <laughs> yeah, because cool. uh, Comrade's like, man, I thought my wife saved pictures. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but... Ono gets involved at one point, and Dragon seemed annoyed by it. Uh, Dragon stopped his interference at, at uh, one time later on, and Ono gets ticked and then spin kicks Dragon and right in the back. Regal uses this to lock in the Regal stretch and get the win. Uncle Dave gave it three and three quarters of a star. I gave it an even three stars. What say you? I gave it four. I love this match. This was really good. You'd think it was a clash in styles, but it was not. This was the beginning of the break up or the face turn of Ultimo Dragon with well, the full on face turn. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, because Ono clearly turned on him. So, you know, hey, that's one one Japanese guy on the entire roster. He's not going to manage. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you and I talked about that. It's like, they, I mean, it, ma- it makes they, sense. Did they do that because a lot of the Japanese wrestlers couldn't speak English and he could? I'm assuming so. I mean, it makes like I said, it makes sense, but I don't know. I think I think he complained about that. He's like, you only sick me with the Japanese guys. It's like, well, he, yeah. I mean, they all need a mouthpiece. And he, he was with somebody else, too. I just can't remember who at the top, off the top of my head right now. That wasn't Japanese. Mm, yeah, I, I can't tell you. I, I just always remember. he. Oh, was it? Oh, he was with a cat. Yeah, the cat. Yeah. yeah I mean, obviously, okay. that's way later on, but. but that's way. not Japanese, right? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I mean, don't don't assume. <laughs> Did you ever see that episode of Practical Jokers when they have Murr in the bar telling the guy, he's like, he's like, he's like, should I ask my friend if he's Japanese? I've known him for oh, years. Yeah. I've never asked him. 
And then uh, Joe sends in the black man. He goes, this is Troy Chen right here. And he asks the guy, are you Japanese? And the guy's like, yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> oh, man. We're getting some hate mail. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, come on. Uh, that was funny. There was nothing racist about it. It was just good humor. Of course. Well, <laughs> you, yeah, but you can't be funny, Greg. God, you, right. have you learned nothing? Really not. I'm stupid. <laughs> wow. All right. Anyway, uh, up next is Luna Vashon versus Medusa, which seems weird to <sighs> say. Good Lord. I'm sorry. Just getting the flashback of this match. It, it, it just sounds weird to say uh, that Luna Vachon was wrestling matches in WCW in 1996, but here we are. Okay, so it's funny you said, one of my notes on this is like, man, I didn't realize how much Luna bounced around. She always yeah, had a right. job in the 90s. Yeah. Because she was at WrestleMania 9, she stuck around for a while, she was at WrestleMania 10, <laughs> and then I don't know where she's after that, but she immediately shows up in WCW, goes back to WWE, part of the oddities. Did she uh, pop up in ECW for a minute? I want to say yes. Probably. Yeah, that seems everybody like that would have fit her. Yeah. When I say everybody, I mean, even Dusty Rhodes, Scott Hall, and Rick Rude. They all showed up. Yeah, they all showed up in ECW. Right. Well, this one went about five minutes. Uh, I wish WCW had done more like of this with women in the 90s, like women that could actually wrestle. Uh, well, the problem but, is they only had one. Yeah, they had to import. Uh, Bischoff said it wasn't cost effective because most of the women that could wrestle, because they actually wanted women wrestlers, most of them lived in Japan, and it cost a lot of money to keep bringing them over. Which I feel like AEW is going to run into that. I mean, now they're finally starting to build up like some women talent like here that doesn't have to go overseas. But yeah, at first oh, it'd be it was nice like, if they put them on TV too. Yeah, right. They've only got like three that they feature. Uh, but in the end, Medusa hits a bridging German suplex for the win. This match was billed as a number one contender match for Akira Hokuto's title because WCW is now reversing course on the Phantom title change and saying that and saying that Hokuto is still champion because apparently no one in the company has a clue as to what's going on. Uncle Dave gave it a star wow. and a half. Uh, Uncle Dave gave it a star and a half. I give it a star, uh, two stars. What say you? You're both crazy. I give it one. It was terrible. Really? I thought it was pretty good, actually, especially for anything else we were getting in the 90s from the uh, women in America. So I don't know. Oh, that no is wrong panties, bro. No. Good Lord. Uh, that this is, is until they bring in, you know, Akira Hokuto and um, Bull Nakano and all that. So, but after the match, Bull Nakano, aka CM Punk's favorite wrestler in the world. That's yeah, no that, joke blows my mind she's good but like good grief uh but after the match medusa takes off the american flag top she has on to reveal a red top under it and then celebrates for the fans See, this is when i started giving a little bit more uh stars good grief of course uh, but now Whoa. all right enough. <laughs> uh, it goes back to what you were talking about uh but me by the way and- Frank, i'm gonna point something out did you realize I mean, you probably did. Like, how inflated her chest became after she left AOB. Go back and watch the yeah. Olympic versus this. I mean, yeah. And I mean, hey, whatever. You could I say she covers. Whatever. It's like, whatever. But, like, it went from, like, like, you know, small as hell to, like, basketball size. Like, wasn't even gradual. You like, could also argue, and I, I think you are right. I tend to be with your assessment of it. Um, but she also was heavily covered up. Yeah, in totally. WWE. 
So I don't I mean, know. I'm not, I'm not knocking it. Hey, whatever. It's your personal decision. It's like, wow, it wasn't even gradual is my point. <laughs> right. Well, according to Uncle Dave, you know, so because, you know, apparently he keeps up with the uh, the doctors of all these women. Yeah. So it's doc. <sighs> yeah. Well, and, and that's and he keeps up with all the doctors of the, of the men, too. So he knows exactly when they're taking steroids. So. Good Lord. Uh, anyway, it's pretty dope, man. I want to piss test him too. Yeah, right. Well, that's what. Uh, you know, hey, Eric Bischoff brought it up. He's like, I wonder what Dave is on to get those arms, you know, like that and everything. Uh, he, he's he's pretty jacked himself. So yeah, he doesn't do competitive sports, so I I don't give a damn. Just you know, just shut up about it. Right. But anyway, Mean Gene Okerlund is on the stage when the NWO music hits. The real music, not the B team music. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage and Elizabeth come out. Macho steals Gene's mic and chases him off. They get in the ring, and Savage says that the NWO are at, this, are at the center of the universe. And when the fans chant for DDP, he says, no, not DDP. And then uh, he says DDP no longer wants to feel the madness. And then DDP comes out through the crowd with a crutch, leading to Savage and Liz hightailing it. The NWO meets him on the stage as DDP eggs Savage on. Uh, Paige says that Randy's got to get uh, back to Hulk Hogan's house so he can wash his car and kiss his ass. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Bischoff tries to calm Savage down, but to no avail. Macho slides into the ring, and DDP takes him out with a crutch. The rest of the NWO B team and Eric Bischoff get in, too, until Scott Norton attacks from behind. Uh, DDP gets beaten down until the giant rushes the ring and chases everyone off. The giant. The giant. But then it leads from that, which seemed like a Nitro segment, into this. It's uh, Yuji Yasuroka. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. Well, we'll just say yes for now. Okay. Uh, Somebody, I'm sure people will correct me. He's taking on... He's taking on Rey Mysterio Jr. in about 15 minutes. Why does Yuji look like TJ Perkins? Or I guess TJ Perkins look like Yuji. I don't know. You know do you see what uh, I'm talking about? I can see it now. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, this really was a great match, but I just didn't give a damn about Yuji. So that kind of took me out of it a little bit. Uh, Rey Mysterio wins with a move that would eventually become the West Coast pop. Uncle Dave gave it three and a quarter stars. I give it three stars even. What say you? I gave it three, and I still to this day don't know who the hell this guy was. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he went on to... I mean, I don't know what he did in Japan, but I'm assuming he didn't do anything else here in America. So, yeah, I don't know. Either way, uh, now that we've got that garbage out of the way, it's time for the real marquee match here, man. You ready Good for this? Good Lord! <laughs> what? It's what I've been waiting oh, for. Oh, nothing. Nothing. It, it is you be you. It is Mortis with James Vanderbeek taking on or Vanderberg. God, James Vanderbeek. <laughs> Dawson's Creek. Uh, it's <laughs> Mortis with James Vanderberg in his corner taking on Glacier in just under two minutes of action. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna right now. I didn't even rate this match. Don't ask me for rating at the end because, uh, like, I literally started it and I think I was like eating popcorn or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, eat something. And it was like, I was already over before it was even started, I feel like. Yep. And then I had to rewind. I'm like, did I, did I actually even hear a bell? 
Uh, well, yeah, sort of, kind of, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I had to go back and change because I forgot his name was James Vanderberg here. I thought it, I kept writing Daryl Van Horn. That was another one of his names. Uh, yeah, well, don't get that wrong because, you know, you'll ruin everything. Wow. Yeah, I just I forget because he was Daryl Van Horn at one point and he was James Vanderberg. And then he goes to ECW and he's Sinister Minister and he goes to TNA and he's James Mitchell. And I, I don't know. I think Sinister Minister was probably his best work. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we get a jump start as Mortis attacks Glacier while he slid into the ring. Wrath now walks out during the match and attacks Glacier from behind with Mortis's staff, his cartoonish was, effing staff. This was his this was his debut, right? Uh, I guess he well, they knew who he was, so I guess he debuted on Nitro. This was like I, I thought know. it was his debut. Oh, whatever. Okay, so now somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, and I know they will, but yeah. But this draws a DQ. Uncle Dave and I both gave it a dud. You said you didn't rate it because, yeah. What the hell was there to rate? <laughs> right. Uh, this literally, say, this, I'll, give, I'll do one better. Instead of being, this could have been a nitro. This could have been a backstage segment on Saturday night. <laughs> uh, you're not wrong there. Uh, yeah, this was. Um, Which was at 605 Eastern on the Superstation. Good Lord. Yeah, this was something, man. Uh, I will say they had some cool entrances, but uh, then that damn bell yeah, ring. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I will maintain to this day that Glacier one of the coolest entrances in wrestling history. Yeah. Well, and then after this, they had to go back to their hotel, so apparently Canyon could beat the crap out of James Vanderberg. <laughs> oh my god. Like, if if you believe Dark Side of the Ring and everything Mitchell said, he said uh Canyon was very volatile and would randomly lash out and attack him. Like for real. Even though and they were he almost friends. literally shot him with a gun, by the way. Right. Dude, if I had a best friend that would randomly lash out and beat the crap out of me or choke me until I passed out, I don't think I'd be best friends with that guy for very long. That's uh, that's that's something I can do without. But I thought anyway. it was a devil worshiper. I thought only God believed in forgiveness. I, I'm confused. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he uh, he gave him quite a few chances, so I don't know. But after the match, Wrath chokes. It, here's here's where it starts getting good, man. Uh, after the match, wow. Raph, Raph chokes Glacier. This, it was all good. Raph chokes Glacier with Mortis's staff still. Uh, and then Mortis holds Glacier, allowing Raph to beat on him some more. Vanderberg gets in on it as well. Finally, Ernest the Cat Miller slides into the ring, making his debut, I guess. Uh, and he starts... Semi, to... we, they were talking about him coming in, like on Nitro. But yeah. Ah, okay. So, I mean, it is his debut, but we knew of him. Well, he starts karate kicking the snot out of the heels, chasing them off. I got to say, he had beautiful form. So there's that. I don't know how many people gave a damn, but he had beautiful form. Three-time champion, dude. <laughs> yeah. In uh, case you didn't know, he will tell you. Three-time WCW commissioner. <laughs> uh, security then escorts everyone away as Vanderberg shouts, You just opened Pandora's box. Okay. Uh, no? <laughs> Uh, I did I did like when he was in there was a segment where he just randomly popped up. And this was before he was Sinister Minister. He's randomly popped up in ECW, like some backstage thing and doing something stupid. And he looks at the camera. He's like, well, sure beats <laughs> sure beats managing Glacier and Mortis <laughs> yeah. or Mortis and Wrath, whatever. <sighs> yeah, not correct wrong. That, please, because necessary. <laughs> For anybody that doesn't know, Wrath was uh, Adam Bomb or. uh 
crap was it? Brian yeah, Clark. Brian Clark. Yeah. Who is still riding at a bomb to this day. He just bought the rights to it. So I don't know why he's not riding the raft gimmick more. I mean, that was money. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, I I remember when it I barely started... worked with Glacier, okay? Like, Wrath was nothing without Glacier. And that's still not saying anything. I remember tuning in to WCW for the first time, and he was Wrath. And I was I thought he looked cool. Uh, I thought he looked cool. But oh, hell yeah, they all look cool. I'm not going to deny that. All of them yeah. did. Even I mean, Cancer Minister. I mean, the... Well, this was, when he, <sighs> this was when he was just wearing the singlet, and he was coming out. He was I think he was a baby face at this point. Uh... So this was like later in 97, early 98, something like that. Oh, yeah. And, when they were doing like a semi thing with him, like they were. Yeah, he was doing like, like they the, were going to. He was doing what they eventually did with uh, Baron Corbin, basically. There was like short little matches. He did the meltdown and leave. Yeah. Yeah, they were kind of uh, doing big stuff with him, honestly. Right. Or so it looked I, like they were getting ready to do big stuff. And then he just kind of disappeared off TV. Maybe like he got hurt. Too- I I like how we tune in. The first thing my dad said, he's looking, he's like, I think that's Adam Bomb. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep. Either way, uh, we go from that to this. It is Dean Malenko. Quite a, quite a departure from that, man. I like uh, how you say this. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, this is quite a departure, like breath of fresh air here. But it's Dean Malenko defending the WCW United States heavyweight title against Jeff Jarrett with Deborah McMichael in his corner. It went just shy of 15 minutes. <sighs> Yeah. Normally, I am not a fan of Jeff Jarrett. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've never watched one of his matches and was like blown away, like, oh my god, that was great. Uh, but he's a fine worker. This one was, I enjoyed this one. When Jarrett gets knocked out of the ring at one point, Deborah goes to check on him. An angry Mongo comes out, rolls Jarrett back in the ring, grabs Deborah, and like leads an her back. An angry Mongo comes out. <laughs> 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 An angry Mongo appears. Pikachu, it I like choose a, you. No, it sounds like a freaking yeah, it sounds like a Pokemon in the wild. Oh yeah. Well, basically. <laughs> but anyway, An uh, angry Mongo appears. Let me write that one down. <laughs> make a shirt out of it. Uh, while doing that, he yells at Jarrett to take care of himself. Finally, Malenko hits a standing Tiger Bomb into a Texas Cloverleaf on Jarrett, who taps out. Uncle Dave and I both gave this three stars. What say you? I gave it three. Pretty good. Yeah, it didn't blow I mean, me away. Malenko with anybody is two at least. The guy has to really suck, or or Malenko really has to work hard to not at least get two and a half, if not three. Yep. So, but then that leads us into this. It is Meng with Jimmy Hart in his corner taking on Chris Benoit with Woman in his corner in a death match. This one also went just shy of fifteen minutes. First thing I thought of when coming out was, because uh, uh, you know, Cor- freaking Cornette ruined this for me. He was like, "Such a dangerous match, a death match, and you're gonna have your your uh, girlfriend, wife, valet, whatever, standing at ringside for it." Yes, because he always pointed that out with Brandy Rhodes. He was like, "Oh, it's so dangerous, you know, this uh, stuff flying everywhere, and you know, it's a death match, and you got your wife at ringside." You know, <laughs> apparently you don't you don't care about her, you know, well being. But this one, uh, first off, Jacqueline comes out at one point to glare at woman from the ramp. For anybody that doesn't remember, Jacqueline was with uh, Kevin Sullivan, who I guess is still in a feud with Benoit. Is that still going on here? So. I just, well, because I just mentioned he was going on hiatus for a month or two, but I don't know if he comes back and 
gets into it again. I honestly forget what happens in the summer of 97 with Benoit. But uh, in the end, Meng catches Benoit by the throat when he went for a flying headbutt. So I, to, to kind of paint, paint a picture of this for anybody who doesn't like uh, get it, like Meng was laying down. Benoit dives in for the headbutt and lands with his throat right on Meng's hand. And freaking Meng stands up, locks in the Tongan death grip. And uh, while Benoit's shaking his head, no, woman finally gives up for him. That's the end of the match. I thought it was a creative finish. Uncle Dave gave it two and three quarters of a star. I don't know what the hell shaved off quarter. I gave it an even three. What say you? I gave it two. It was, yeah. I, I liked it. I liked it more than I thought I would. I'll say that. I didn't think I was going to hate it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Meng didn't suck. Again, he's another one of them where it's like he's fine. Uh, I've never seen any. Th- uh, I, I've seen matches of his that sucked, but it wasn't necessarily his fault. He's just not anybody who's going to blow you away. But yeah, I don't know. I thought this was fine. I don't know why this was happening, but whatever. Filler. <laughs> <laughs> but we now get a commercial for the Great okay, American Bat. Real quick, can we mm-hmm. say almost every match in this card could have been a Nitro? Is there oh, one match in this God. card that you're like, man, this is pay-per-view quality? Let me get the rest quality? of my notes here. Let me get the rest uh, of my notes here. Like, there's nothing on this card. It's like, whoa, that was amazing. Yeah, well, if you're talking about just quality, no. The last two matches, I feel, should have been on pay-per-view just because of who was in them. But yeah, no, everything else, yeah, could have definitely happened on a Nitro. And I guess marquee-wise, okay, they could have gone pay-per-view. But I mean, like, match quality, yeah. But yeah. No. And this match right here, I'm like, why is this on here? Quality-wise, I'll say this, like, I mean, if you if I go back and look at my ratings, I mean, three stars, two stars, three stars dud three stars and then three stars okay so, you're not wrong but the problem is they had like three four star cruiserweight matches on nitro so it's know, really yeah. just transferring it over to pay-per-view right yeah like what i mean i'm not saying my, you're wrong like well, we've seen it on nitro though right that opening match i could i i would say that's pay-per-view worthy uh just you know as a good opener for the tv title but then again it was for the tv title so i don't know uh and that match yeah, the, on pay-per-view, the TV title match, wherever it was for the longest time, was normally the greatest match on the show. But the thing with like the Mysterio match is like you and I pointed out, who the hell is that guy that he's facing? Why is this on pay-per-view? Like it didn't. I'm thinking it was yeah, just to like, get Mysterio on a pay-per-view. And I feel like I'm gonna, I'm for for sure me, but I'm gonna be saying this a lot at that AEW Forbidden Door pay-per-view. I'm gonna have to watch live just so I can answer your questions about who's who. <laughs> Either way, uh, we now get a commercial for the Great American Bash, where all the WCW babyfaces are having a barbecue pool party. Cool. Yeah. How, these yeah, okay, commercials right, were on, so sorry, corny. My, my note for this is how 90s is this commercial? <laughs> right. <laughs> in the early 2000s, used to do stuff like this, too, like in WWF. Uh, remember? Uh, I think every WWE SummerSlam has done this, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. Yeah. There was one, I think, in 2007 that we were talking about where... Uh, or 2007 or 2008, I don't remember, but uh, the commercial was like um, uh, Carlito gets into a fight with a seagull. Yep. That was, and then the, I, I'll always remember the one, I can't remember if it was for which SummerSlam it was for, I want to say it was 02, where Brock Lesnar uh, F5's a killer the whale. Greatest SummerSlam of all time? Yeah. <laughs> was that the one where he F5's a killer whale on the beach? Uh, that's uh, 2003, I believe it was a okay. shark. Uh, I thought it was, 
thought it was a killer whale. It might have been both. I don't know. Either way. Yeah, it was one or the other. I just, I'm picturing a shark, but it might have been a whale. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 03. He was wrestling okay. angled at that. Yeah, okay. That makes more sense. But up next, we got the Dungeon of Doom, Vato. It's Conan and You mean Humorous. that group that was lighting the world on fire that they even struggling to keep up with? According to get hey. I mean, hey, they jumped ship. So, yeah, there you go. And it was still going in 97. It was like, we had to keep up with that Dungeon of Doom angle, which was on fire. They can joke. WCW was making money, and uh, Nash and Hall did jump ship. So, uh, and last I, laugh. Or less making fun of the idiots in that group. Not the group, it's like, not the angle. Like, oh, man, because, you know, if we're going to compete with anybody, we got to compete with Kevin Sullivan and Kamala and Q Morris, <laughs> me, Barbarian, man, this is. Oh yeah, <laughs> of course. I don't. I don't know why you're being sarcastic. No. Anyway, still my stuff, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> this is Conan and Hugh Morris with Jimmy Hart in their corner, of, because of course, taking on the Steiner brothers of Rick and Scott Steiner. It's been about nine and a half minutes. Yeah, go blue. Uh, they were wearing red here, so yeah. No. Well, you know what. I mean, they knew, they knew where it was. But anyway, there's a whole lot. <laughs> there's hey, not a whole back lot. It's competitive, so screw you. Yeah. Well, uh, during this time, I can't remember. There was a stretch where we couldn't, like, the coach we had would win during the, uh, most of the season. Then we'd get to Michigan, and he'd blow it almost every year. I think that was around this time, yeah. And then yeah, it was so completely we, flip. <laughs> yeah. So we we ended up firing him because of that. Because look, you can go undefeated all year, but if you get to Michigan and you lose, you're gone, buddy. Not fair. You're joking. I know you're not, and that's very fair. I think. <laughs> yeah. But there's a whole lot to say, or not a whole lot to say about this match. Uh, in the end, Scott snaps off the Frankensteiner on Hugh Morris for the win. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a quarter, or I'm sorry, one and a third stars. I think. That's you know, a unless new I one. wrote that wrong. Maybe maybe it was a quarter. And I wrote it down wrong. Either way. I've uh, never heard it give a third of a star. Yeah, I think he gave it a quarter and I wrote it down wrong. Um, but anyway, I gave it two stars for what it was. I thought they did okay during the match. What say you? I gave it one. I just I never rated a Steiner Bros match one in my life, but man, this sucked. Yeah, not uh not not good bad. And also I noticed that if you go back and look at a couple of pay-per-views prior this right here is where Scott started getting sickly huge. Oh, yeah. He was gigantic uh, around here. I mean, he was going to get bigger, but um, less mobile. He could still hit the, that uh, Frankensteiner. That was actually my notes. I forgot to mention that. I'm like, wow. Back when he could hit Frankensteiner. But, yeah, he's about to get, like, huge. And not, like, obese huge, as anyone knows. I mean, like, just gross. There's such yeah. thing as too many muscles, dude, okay? And I, I think another guy that has that's problem for is brian cage i feel like man he's yeah good lord man i always go back to uh, again a reaction from my dad the first time they introduced big papa pump me and my dad were watching nitro and he came out and he's like oh my gosh he looks so gross my dad was a huge uh, michigan fan as i told you and yeah he didn't want to see him anymore that was his favorite team wow yeah yeah my dad was like what did scott do to himself he's like he's he's like grossly gigantic and like yeah he's pretty big <laughs> meanwhile rick has looked the same his entire life so good for him yeah right <laughs> just, 
Well, Rick started losing muscle around this time, and I think Scott yeah, found it, and then some. It's pretty. Uh, Rick's like a regular sized dude now. Yeah, I know. But, you know not that that's bad. Still waiting for <sighs> Braun Breaker to draw a face on his hand and start talking to it. But anyway, don't joke. <laughs> don't give him ideas. Well, uh, between that and 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 you know, uh, buffing up like Uncle Scott, so maybe I'll take God, the face. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, thank God. Uh, Thank God he can cut a way better promo than his dad ever could. I'll say that. Yeah, right. His dad, his promos consisted of <laughs> the ticker chips. <laughs> anyway, God, so stupid. Uh, but after the match, Jimmy Hart is throwing a fit in the ring. He and Hugh Morris are blaming Conan for not having Hugh's back. Conan beats up Morris and takes off as Jimmy Hart goes off oh, on him. Oh, man, this was the end of him in the Dungeon of Doom. I, this broke my heart, dude. I know. Like, oh, no. Not not the Dungeon of Doom, Vato. Can I, can I say that? I don't know. Anyway. I'm not going to oppose, but I'm not going to speak for others. <laughs> right. You're <laughs> like, look, I don't represent the entire community, okay? I only represent <laughs> half. Literally. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> But up next, uh, we got Steve Mungo McMichael with Deborah McMichael oh, taking on good. Reggie White in 15 minutes, 17 seconds. This one, man. Yeah. Uh, Mongo tries to leave I'm, at I'm one point. I'm to be careful here because Reggie's passed away. But how do yeah. you not? How do you not at least have some kind of athleticism in wrestling if you were a football player? Yeah, uh, El- I'm assuming he didn't like do a whole lot of. Uh, like practice they were just like yeah you can do it whatever you know get in there run around a few times hey, whatever and hey, um, hey mongo can't wrestle either you know just just get in there and do it well here's the thing though he's a defenseman you know if you yeah. ask me which football like position whatever like what part of the ball would translate best to wrestling i would always say defense always i would never say quarterback or receiver or something i would say defense and this did not happen yeah. it was brutal this um yeah, wasn't great. Uh, but anyway, uh, Mongo tries leaving at one point, but Gilbert Brown, uh, who I assume was a teammate of Reggie White, yeah. I guess. Okay. Yeah. Who, by the way, you talk about huge, like, damn, man. Yep. Uh, he is a load. Yeah, right. So now we've got Brown, White, and Green is coming up. <laughs> it's kind of funny. But anyway. And Glacier uh, is technically a color for blue, so there's that. Wow. But uh, he comes out and he picks Mongo up, which should tell you how huge he is. And he walks him back to the ring. At one point, Deborah feigns injury on the apron, distracting Reggie White. Gilbert Brown stops Mongo from using the Halliburton. And now Jeff Jarrett runs out, takes a Halliburton and tosses it to Mongo. who Blasts Reggie White in the back with it. The referee finally turns around to make the three count. Uncle Dave says this is by far the worst match of the year with White putting on arguably the worst performance uh, on a wrestling pay-per-view ever. And for whatever reason, it went 15 minutes long. Uh, At one point, someone basically called an audible and tried to get them to wrap the match up early, but they had carefully planned every single spot and couldn't improvise, so they didn't listen and kept on going as planned. Uncle Dave gave it negative two stars. I gave it a star and a half. I didn't think it was that freaking bad. Good Lord. Uh, what say you? I gave it a star. It was, it was nothing. 
that part about uh, carefully planning it out and couldn't go to the end was that from Dave? Uh, I I mean he wrote that, so I don't know. <laughs> well, so he would he would know then, right? He knows for a fact. Uh, yeah, the whole like, oh, they tried to end it early, and I was like, did they though? I mean, know that. he could be yeah. right. I'm not saying he is. Like, how do you know that though? He writes this fact. Right. Uh, and and the thing is, I mean, yeah, WCW, maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but I would assume WCW is not going to be like uh, dumb enough to think they can improvise. Mongo hadn't been wrestling that long and he wasn't very good. Reggie White. Had uh, no, he's, exa- he's almost exactly a year at this point. Yeah. And Reggie White wasn't good. Uh, I mean, he'd never wrestled before. So why would they think, <laughs> oh, yeah, they'll they'll improvise. They'll call it in the ring. Like what? OK, that- and I want to point something out not to get ahead. But we're about to see another football player in a match that's pretty damn good. That's a six-man tag. Doesn't right. that tell you something? <laughs> yeah. That, uh, yeah, this was so, this Odd was as it sounds, they can't all be Logan Paul. <laughs> wow. True. Uh, I'd, I'd actually like to see him back in the ring, as weird as that sounds. But him versus the Miz. He was damn good. I know yeah. he's not a football player. I don't even really think he's a boxer either, but I'm just going off celebrities in general. I'm like, I don't know. So if they take it seriously enough, and like, I didn't expect to like Jake Paul I was ready to like laugh him out of the damn building, and he shut my mouth. Yeah, hey, I, don't uh, I don't know what I don't know what happened. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it helps that he's he's like athletic and he works out a lot. So, that and again, I can't emphasize enough. He took it seriously. Right. It was yeah. a joke to him. I mean, I don't know how much gym hitting uh, Bad Bunny did, but he was pretty good in uh, in his match too. So well, apparently, better celebrities ever. The hell out of him. So there you go. <laughs> apparently, what? So it's apparently Damien Priest trading the hell out of him. So there you go. Yeah, well, I I can imagine because Priest takes it pretty seriously. And I can imagine he he's like, look, dude, you can't embarrass me out there. It's WrestleMania, <laughs> and it's it was his first Especially WrestleMania. Considering it might have been make or break for him too. So yeah, it was his first WrestleMania and a marquee match. That's an and the first WrestleMania since COVID ended. So there you go. There's a lot going into it. But speaking of a lot going into it, we're going to take our uh, next I break. Just, I gotta say though, I, I miss Reggie White. It sucks that he died. He died way yeah. too young. Way too yeah. young. Yeah. Well, this next guy we're about to be and, talking about, he he died too early as well. But, <sighs> sucks. But we're going to be taking a break right here. When we come back, we're going all in for the main event right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When it comes to service, Rush Truck Centers is committed to making you their top priority. Whether you're looking for same-day preventive maintenance, assistance from their dedicated service concierge team, or 24-7 access to your truck repair status, Rush Truck Centers offer customizable maintenance plans that fit your needs. What are you and your truck waiting for? Schedule an appointment with Rush Truck Center Service Department or ask them to dispatch a mobile service unit when and where you need it. Visit RushTruckCenters.com to find your nearest location. You can expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. It's the NWO team of Kevin Ash, Scott Hall, and Six versus Ric Flair, Roddy Piper, and Kevin Green. Oh my God. I'm like a wolf pack, by the way. They called themselves that before it was even a thing. <laughs> right um i well apparently that's what the the too sweet it was a it was a wolf yeah turkey they said, yeah they said they got that from you know way back in wwf so uh, i can't, can't there's remember a how pic, there's a picture like when i think when Shawn michaels when you're accounts out from jeff Jarrett of all of them doing the too sweet in the ring right yeah i remember that i i definitely remember that one uh do you remember where they said they got it from i think wasn't it Lex Luger that gave it to him? Or did he call him? Lex Luger was uh, involved somehow with a name or something. I just don't remember what. Oh, yeah, I don't remember. Uh, that sounds familiar, something about Lex Luger. No, it was, but, it was yeah. oh, sorry. I don't remember. It's coming back to me. He was Waltman. He came up with it. Or yeah, he knew I, of it. Yeah, I knew Waltman came up with it. I just didn't remember where he said he got it from, or if he said he got it, you know, where he said he got it from. That's to my knowledge that Waltman came up with it. So there you go. Yeah. All right, my contribution but, to these notes. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> wow. But yeah, I mean, the one thing that sucks is you look here, Kevin Nash, Six, and Ric Flair are the only three in this match that are still living. The other three passed away. So literally half of this match has passed away by now. Sucks, man. I know. Uh, but I agree, man. Another one. Way too young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Piper. Piper was what, 60? Yeah, he was still young too. Yeah, blows. But this one went just shy of 17 and a half minutes. I will say that's a long time, but it, it, I mean, it went well for being that long, I thought. Uh, things break down at one point. I thought it went extremely well. Yeah. Uh, but things break down at one point, and when the ref tries to stop it, Roddy Piper knocks him out. Uh, this is no DQ, by the way. I forgot to mention that. Uh, Nick Patrick takes over now, which the commentary is skeptical about. Uh, Rick Flair locks a figure four in on Scott Hall. Roddy Piper slaps on a sleeper hold onto Kevin Nash, and Kevin Green hits six with a power slam for a pinfall win. At one point, Roddy Piper wanted out of the match completely, and since he has creative control, there was nothing WCW could have done to stop him. In order to convince him to do the match, the NWO members all had to agree to do a triple job, which made the Charlotte crowd go insane, but as you can imagine, the NWO guys weren't super thrilled about it. Flair's arm and shoulder. what three they are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also, it's like, really? Did that really happen? I know 
Nash has went public with a lot of drama about this and whatever. And especially with so, Piper, yes. Right. But at the same time, it's like, did they really, it's like just to keep Piper in the match and they say, Oh, well, we'll all lose. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying like, I don't know, but either way, uh, Flair's arm and shoulder still clearly weren't 100%. Overall, it was a fine match and the crowd loved it, but by the typical Flair standard, it wasn't great. It turned out that Kevin Nash was right. Six was the only one who made the match watchable from an in-ring standpoint, so it's good that they had him there. Uncle Dave gave it two and a half stars, as did I. What say you? Uh, I flirted with two and three. I went ahead and said three because it was better than it should have been, considering everything. Uh, yeah, so, well, since you're going back and forth between two and three, I mean, that's that's about where I lied with it, you know. With uh, and same as Uncle Dave said. Yeah, it was, yeah I was gonna say two, but like the fact that it was this watchable with a football player. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Green yeah. is probably the best of all the football players that wrestled in this show, obviously. Uh, right. Uh, I can't think of a better. I mean, and I'm not talking about football players who made the jump to wrestling full time, but I can't think of another football player uh, that was a better wrestler. I mean, even LT wasn't. I, I don't think he was as good as Kevin Green. He was fine. Uh, Kevin Green also watched it since he was a kid and always dreamed of doing it. That's why Pat McAfee so damn good too. Like, really? If you like, I guess if they watch it since they're a kid and wanted to do it, they take it a little more seriously. Right. Yeah. And that's That's again going back to Logan Paul, not a football player, but like they show all those videos of him like running around with like like replica titles when he was a kid and all that. Like, I think if they want to do it, they can. Yep. Ah, I agree. But. yeah, so to close the show out, basically, the baby faces celebrate for the fans. We close the show, roll the credits, all that good stuff. And that oh, takes five. us to... <laughs> no. And that takes <laughs> us to our final break. When we come back, we are going to be tell you about the final ratings here and tell you what's to come in the following month here on the podcast, right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go maybe. way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. So, you might. Take it easy. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.
content marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. Final ratings time. Internet Movie Database gave this 6.4 out of 10. People were pretty harsh on this. Cagematch.net gave it 5.61 out of 10. Out of sheer enjoyability and match quality, I gave it an 8 to 8.5 out of 10 for like a B. Uh, but to your point, uh, nothing like not a whole lot of actual like stuff that should have been on a pay-per-view on this card or deserved to be on a pay-per-view on this card. Well, what did you give it? Not a lot of stuff that couldn't have been a nitro. Right. But I, uh, I gave it a C plus. Yeah, I thought it wasn't, I, it wasn't that bad. No, Clearly, I, I though, enjoyed it. I know a lot of people hate the term throwaway pay-per-views, but I felt that's exactly what this was. It's hard to say it wasn't, in all honesty. They're building so, to, uh, I mean, not in the show, but their event, their big one is Spash of the Beach, obviously. They're building to that, or what's coming up. But. Yeah. Yeah, that was always the big one, or one of the big ones. Uh, Great American Bash was usually pretty good. Uh, I know Great American Bash 96 was was pretty good. That's where Mysterio debuted, actually. Uh, Outsiders so, put Bischoff to the table. Right, uh, yeah. Now in the archives. Go check it out. <laughs> but, yeah, so that wraps up the month of May. We're chugging right into our anniversary month of June it will officially be two years since we've been doing the show this month. And we'll have a cake. I will post it on social media. <laughs> nice. And yeah, I'm excited about our lineup this month, man. Uh, it's officially summer here in Ohio. Thank God. It was a long time coming. <laughs> wow. I, uh, it was a long... I love it because our winners last forever. And I'm tired of the freezing freaking cold. I like to actually get out and do stuff. Uh, this month in June, we are covering on the 1st of June, actually, opening the month up with WWE King of the Ring 2002. This is the Forgot final. Event. Yeah, it's the final King of the Ring pay-per-view ever. And it's 20 years old. So I figured we'd keep the tradition alive of covering King of the Ring for June and touch on this one. This, uh, this was a big event. A lot of stuff happens uh, around this time. And there's a lot of news to cover. I've already collected that. And well, I can yeah. imagine. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Not all of it's good. Actually, most of it's fairly negative on all I fronts. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to give her a sneak peek. It's uh, WWF becoming WWE, Stone Cold walking mm-hmm. out, and the launch of TNA. I'm going to say those are the three ones. Uh, those are those are three big stories for sure. There is uh, the the uh, imminent demise of the A or excuse me WWA which was still trying to be a thing at this <laughs> yeah. point. And it wouldn't yeah, really it, be a demise. They just all go to TNA technically, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Most of the major stars. Yeah. did in fact end up going to TNA and that was a major thing. Uh, they couldn't fill a house anywhere. And yeah, it was uh, not good. The XWL was it XWL, XWF, whatever the hell. I think it was XWF was still trying to be a thing, even though their number one guy, Hulk Hogan was now in WWE. So, <laughs> That company didn't work for him, brother. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, uh, it, it, it stuff went downhill. And all in all, business in WWE honestly was down, believe it or not. Obviously, they would be fine. I mean, especially with no other competition in town, what the hell else is going to happen? And even though business was down, you and I talked about 
this was one of our favorite years in WWE because there was just like so much going on. At least it is for me. I assume it is for you, too. It's one of them. Yeah. And now we're going on June 8th. We're going 30 years back in time for WCW Beach Blast 1992. Only Beach Blast, I believe, right? uh, There were like two or three, I want to say. I thought it was the only one as well. Uh, But on uh, June 15th, we're hopping back on our TNA 07 uh, wave here. And we're covering Slammiversary 2007 for its 15-year anniversary. Uh, I always liked Slammiversary. It was always five. one of the big ones. Yeah, Slammiversary 5, right? Technically, I mean, it was five. Uh, uh, was yeah. It? yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, it might have been the third Slammiversary, but I think it was like five years, right? Yeah, so, yeah. I think that's how they build it. <laughs> Fast forward to present day. We're going into 20 years of TNA. Still going. Freaking going nuts, free. man. I mean, it's not called TNA anymore, but yeah. Effing nuts, man. And in 2022, there is a Queen of the Mountain match, so... Wow, really? There is. Wow, that's kind of cool. But yeah, uh, that's coming up June 15th. June, uh, the next week is uh, double main event week. It is June 22nd. We're covering Great American Bash 1997, which we were just talking about. I'm trying to remember uh, what that pay-per-view was. The main event was Randy Savage taking on DDP again, but this time in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Right, yes. The no Outsiders, Hogan again, by the way. This is another one of his months off. I know he always took he always took off for Great American Bash. You figured he'd be all over that one, but uh, uh, I could be wrong here. But I don't think he's ever competed at Great American Bash. I don't believe I, he has. Yeah, just kind of ironic. I know it's weird, uh, but we also get the Outsiders taking on Ric Flair and Roddy Piper. So literally, what we just watched, but minus two people. Uh, Kevin Green takes on uh, Mongo. We get another Chris Benoit versus Mang death match. And uh, Akira Hokuto defends the women's title against Medusa in a title versus career match. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> they weren't. <laughs> uh, Glacier and Wrath, Conan and Hugh Morris. Okay. <laughs> Why are we doing this review? We're doing the whole thing again? Hey, it's it's sandwiched by some good stuff because we open with Ultimo Dragon and Psychosis and then Harlem Heat and the Steiner Brothers. So there's some good stuff. Yeah, there's potential there. Yeah, and then the last few matches will be fun. That la- that main event, I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, Savage and DDP are always good good stuff, pal. It was the feud of the year in 97. Oh, for sure. Uh, but that week, we're also covering NWA Clash of the Champions Dose, Miami Mayhem. Uh, it was a show. So, yeah. I don't remember this one. I mean, I think I was like four. <laughs> I don't remember this one, so I'm looking forward to watching it. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a show. Uh, that's really all I can say about it. The main event was Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard versus Sting and Dusty Rhodes for the tag titles. Literally can't be bad, right? Yeah, I I would assume. And it opens with Barry Windham versus Brad Armstrong for the U.S. title. So there you go. Oh, that's that can go either way. It should go good. Yeah, it should be good. The Fantastics take on the Sheep Herders for the U.S. tag titles. That's when it unwashed and, hands at all. <laughs> And what makes it worse is it goes almost 20 minutes. Think about that. The Bushwhackers, oh. almost 20 minutes. So I don't yeah. even drink. I made anymore for that. We almost had you. <laughs> Jimmy Garvin and Ronnie Garvin take on the Varsity Club of Rick Steiner and Mike Rotunda. That could be okay. And Nikita Koloff, uh, t- and Nikita Koloff takes on Al Perez. That what? One, uh, 
What year is this? 88, right? Uh, yeah, yes. June of 88. Wondering if this is the lead-in or the fallout of that Tower of Doom match. Who? Yeah, I forget. I know Nikita is a babyface here, so there's that. I'm pretty sure this is uh, same month. Now, I don't know if it came right before or after the American Bash. Right. Hmm. Well, this... Uh, fine. This month we will wrap up on June 29th with a uh, second Slammiversary. It's TNA Slammiversary 2012 uh, for its 10-year anniversary. That one, uh, I mean, Rude's Rick Rude's got or Rick Rude, God Robert Rude has oh, got Rude. to be in the main event. So it's uh, Slammiversary 10, according oh, to Oh, you said 12, right? 2012. Yeah. Yeah, this is rude. perfect, and I'll tell you why. Because for some reason, my because when I rec- I program my cable box to record impacts, yeah, I just usually skim through it and see what's going on. Um, and it records every impact, and they show old pay per views before actual impact on Thursday. And my box right now recorded Slam Rose 2012 for some reason because they aired it right before. So I will not oh, nice. have to fish for this. It's awesome. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and it looks like a pretty good card. It opens with Austin Aries and Samoa Joe for the exhibition title for the go wrong there. Th- yeah, uh, Hernandez and Kid Cash. That one is whatever. Devon and Garrett Bischoff versus Robbie E and Robbie T. Okay, that one. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Bischoff, who just returned to Impact, by the way. Uh, Mr. Anderson versus Jeff Hardy versus Rob Van Dam. Uh, that should be pretty decent. James Storm and Crimson, eh. All right, uh, I'll say that there are a couple good-looking matches. That opener, <laughs> and then the last two, uh, we get AJ Styles and Kurt Angle versus Bad Influence, and then Bobby Roode defends the the World Heavyweight title against Sting. Everybody's favorite step-down, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. But anyway, yeah, so I'm that... not hurting your mom, slugger. Yeah, right. <laughs> good Lord. Hey, how about I take you out for ice cream later, huh? We can get to know each other better. We'll call or, you know, I don't even play baseball, you jerk. Or, you know, like we said, yeah, it's either that or he's the used car salesman, where it's like, hey, uh, what, you know, what is it going to take for me to get you in this car today? Oh, uh, I don't know. Kate Upton in the passenger seat? <laughs> <laughs> Good boy. But all right, yeah, that wraps up the month of June for us. Very much looking forward to it. Should be some good crap, pal. But yeah, thank you for joining me. You might have the head with that one, dude. Good crap. <laughs> wow. I'll thank you for joining me today, Greg. <laughs> yep. We will see you all next week in June for WWE King of the Ring 2002. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.